Hardy's two for five dollar breakfast bake goodness into your morning. Choose a biscuit with sausage and egg, biscuit and gravy, or French toast dips. Any two, just five dollars. Hardy's goodness in the making. These items only. Price and participation may vary. Tax not included. To this week's edition of the Fantasy Alarm Fantasy Baseball Podcast. It's the second of the week. I am back. I'm going to have some comments for James Grande here in a second, who, while he did admirably fill in and beggars can't be choosers while they're out doing other things, still have a bone to pick with him. I will get to that in a second, but I want to talk to you, Matt Sells, at The Salesman on Twitter. It's been about a week or so now since I've last seen your face here on the stream. So one, I will say it first, glad to be back with you. But two, how is everything going for you? Oh, not doing, not doing too bad. Um, you know, watched an electric LSU uh, Wake Forest game, winner take all in the uh, col- in the semis of the College World Series last night. Um, scoreless into the bottom of the eleventh, it was amazing. Um, you know, doing doing pretty good. Yeah, it's entertaining to me though that you're now back and Grande is himself on vacation. <laughs> yeah. Point, so. yeah, you know, it's it's something where the, I, this guy just gets so much time off that he gets to go do everyone. He gets to go on these elaborate trips. He's got these friends that get married and he gets to go to these places. Yes, this is not a virtual background. I am on a semi vacation. I It is another one. Yes, I get it. He's not wrong. I do take a lot of trips. So, I mean, he he is right. Um, but no, it's he's now on vacation. So I hope, you know, one thing that always goes unnoticed that I always get to hear when I when I tuned in before I jumped on the plane, I downloaded the pod that y'all did. And I was like, you know, I'm going to listen to this on the plane. I made it the first minute in. I was like, I'm just going to get trashed the whole time. So I'm just going to fast forward through these first couple minutes. Let's get into the analysis and stop the James trashing me in my player friendly contract that I have working here. <laughs> I did Ridiculous. credit for, for a lot of vacation days for all the hats you wear. So, yeah, yeah, I get it. I mean, there's a couple different things involved, but yeah, I mean, I got my time off. I work hard for it. So I'm, I'm going to take it. But like what I was saying, one thing I never hear come out of James' mouth is, I hope Colby has a good time. All of this is that true. I'm just not here. So you know what, James? When you're listening to this, I hope you have not only a good time, but the best time on this little vacation that you have here. I hope it's wonderful. Can't wait to have you back. But I'm glad that I get to be in this chair next to you, Matt, as we break down what has happened here. And we have to start with the injury news that tanked a couple of my sports bets here. I'm, I live in a state where I can't bet. I am traveling in a state where I can and the Shane McClanahan injury wrecked me yesterday as I had McClanahan six plus strikeouts in the race to cover neither of which happened he left with an early injury they're calling it mid-back tightness we don't have a lot of kind of news on that yet but Matt McClanahan front runner for AL Cy Young been absolutely dominant this year double digit wins sub 2-5 ERA actually sub 2-2-5 ERA he was down I think he was leading the league in ERA too um, so we don't have, like I said, we don't have a big timeline on this, but fantasy managers and the Rays, what is going to happen here if McClanahan has to miss some time? I don't know at this point. Like, how many bullets can the Rays take and still keep going? Like, think about the dudes, the pitching that is on the IL right now for the Rays or that has just come back from the IL, right? Because it's, like it's an all star rotation. Like, on yeah. The IL. Yeah, like Glasnow just came back not that long ago from being injured and missing time. Um, you've got Drew Rasmussen is there. Um, who the heck Springs. is – I'm blanking on – what? Springs. Yeah, there you go. 
Springs. Like that's a stud. <laughs> that's a stud IO rotation. Um, and yet somehow they keep winning in the AL East and nobody can really figure it out. Uh, I'm not as concerned with this one as perhaps if it was an extremity, like, you know, back tightness. Okay. But maybe he got worked out wrong. Maybe he tweaked it in the bullpen session and it didn't really loosen up. Um, so they may give him an extra day before his next start, but I'm not sure it winds up in an IL thing for him. And it's one of those things too, where if it were like a Clayton Kershaw back injury, one Kershaw's a bit older, two chronic back issues. We're going to put a little bit more weight in that. But like you said, it could have just been unfortunate stroke of luck, you know, just tweaked it a little bit. And it sounded like if you watched the, the, the clip where the manager went out, it did, it did seem like he was trying to lobby a bit to stay in, you know, he wasn't there, you know, shaking his head. No kind of, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Like moping around. He wasn't necessarily doing that. He seemed like, but he also could have just been like, Hey, I'm okay. Just let me finish this batter. And then you can pull me, but you know, we don't know, but it at least seemed, you know, the body language at least should be somewhat optimistic. Again, he's not moping. He's not kicking the dirt, not throwing the glove. He's not dropping four letter words after four letter words into his glove. You know, it seemed like he was at least trying to lobby to stay in a bit. Yeah. So. Uh, it's always a good time when, when they're lobbying to stay in. So uh, yep. I'm not as concerned with this one as we have been with other Rays issues. Yep. And we we'll want to keep an eye on the timeline for McClanahan so that way fantasy managers can prepare potentially for his absence or just make, you know, short-term arrangements if he's only going to miss a start or if he even just gets pushed back a couple of days. But Matt, on the other hand, there are a couple notable returns looming. You know, Jazz Chisholm is on his rehab stint. I do believe in his first rehab game, he did play seven innings. So it seems like he should move through this fairly quickly. Carlos Rodon, we may actually see him, believe it or not. There's still plenty of time for him to re-injure something. So we'll have to see how that goes. But he looks to be about two to three weeks away because they want to get his pitch count up to about the mid-70s, I believe, what I saw. And then in Detroit, Tarek Skubal coming back from left, left flexor tendon issue to get up to 52 pitches in his last rehab outing. So if they're going to go off of the mid-70 count, you know, he may only need one more. So to me, Matt, Jazz Chisholm is the one that I'm most excited for the return here, just from a fantasy perspective, power, speed, fingers crossed for the batting average that it comes up a little bit. Um, but of these three, which ones are you most excited for to return? Uh, well, personally, I have Jazz Chisholm on, <laughs> <That's why. laughs> on my home league, and no. I could definitely – I have both Chisholm and Judge both out, so my power and speed are taking some hits here. Um but the Miami lineup has been doing really quite well. So I'm hoping that between um, Arise still hitting around 400 and Brian De La Cruz hitting pretty well, you got a few other, you know, Jorge Soler, let's not sleep on him. He's got tw- over, you know, 20 homers at this point. Um, I'm hoping he's going to get some pitches to hit is what I'm hoping for. And then he does what he should do with those. Um, so I am most excited about, uh, his return in terms of pitching. I don't know. I'm waiting on bated breath to see if we actually get Carlos Rodon in pinstripes at any point this year. Cause given the injury updates we've gotten from the Yankees recently about, Oh, judge might be a week. He might be a month. He might need surgery. He might not. It might be a season. It might not. It like, I have no idea what to believe with Carlos Rodon at this point. And whether he's actually over it or if the training staff can keep him healthy. Cause there's a lot of like soft muscle 
you know, soft tissue injuries going on with the Yankees, which is usually a training staff problem. So, uh, Scooball was actually looking pretty good before he got hurt. So we'll see, but it is the Tigers and nothing really excites me about the Tigers this year. <laughs> I like the, I think with, when it comes to Carlos Rodon, I think you can just insert a heavy sigh afterward. It's like Carlos Rodon. <sighs> mm-hmm. Yeah. He's on my team. The start would be nice. Maybe two, a couple strikeouts would be cool. Been waiting long enough for this guy. So I would just be cautiously optimistic with him. Like I said, remember he said he pitched through it last year and we've talked about it here before more so with like hitters coming back from like wrist and injuries like that. But there is a difference between healthy and healthy enough. And that's where we're going to have to see where Rodon falls in that list there. But Matt, you do great stuff with the prospect report, the prospect rankings here at Fantasy Alarm. So if you haven't seen all of Matt's great prospect work, you have to check that out at FantasyAlarm.com. But Matt, a couple guys want to talk to you here because it is Friday. So we're down on the farm for Farm Fridays with Matt Sells at the Salesman on Twitter. So Matt, let's start. Big name pitching prospect came up. Gavin Williams made his debut. A little bit of a mixed bag. Almost completed six innings. Not bad getting deeper into the game. Four strikeouts, four earned runs. We saw his four-pitch mix. Only a 19% whiff rate and didn't quite get as many swings out of the zone as you would like. But from his time in the minors, we've seen that the upside in the strikeout department is there for him. So how high are you on Gavin Williams for 2023 and beyond? Uh, for this year, I'm, you know, I told people in my prospect report this week that you should add him in all formats. Everybody needs pitching. He's going to be in the rotation going forward, given the Tristan McKenzie injury we talked about last pod. Um, this year, though, like if you're expecting him to be an ace caliber ad, that's not what's going to happen this year. He's getting his feet wet in the majors. It's still a pretty big jump from AAA to MLB to set guys up and get strikeouts and, and whatnot. Um, but going forward, he's a number two starter for, for, you know, he'll be probably in a number three role cause they've got two pretty good ones in front of him and Bieber and McKenzie. Um, but he's got number two starter stuff going forward. So this year he'll probably pitch to like an SP four for fantasy. And then next year I would expect him to be, you know, another tick above that maybe, burgeoning on an sp2 uh depends on what the rest of the al central's offenses look like yeah and gavin williams is a guy too like you said adam in all formats very good and yes so what he didn't dominate in his debut not many do it's a very hard game to play so there's still a ton of upside there with him and who knows if cleveland ends up making a move aka selling somebody at the deadline his spot in the rotation that's probably already secure there any any concerns of him any getting moved out at any point have to essentially be negated if again if Cleveland maybe moves on from one of their top right-handers aka Shane Bieber yeah I'm less convinced that they're moving him now I don't remember what his contract status is but I don't believe he's a free agent at the end of the year um, I'm less convinced that they're going to move him now because the AL Central is still pretty wide open like if they get hot there's really no reason why they can't go win that division I think I think you're right, but you never know. I mean, there's still time leading up to the deadline. You know, a bad week or two. Well, you know, I mean, they could do what the Reds have done and go on a tear, or they could go on a skid like Pittsburgh has done, lose a bunch and just become sellers. So there's still there's still plenty of time for the deadline. I'm looking forward to our trade deadline pod. By the way, when that comes, that's yeah, gonna be a trade deadline pod. is August 1st. By the way, for those of you who don't remember when it is this year, 
Yeah, that will be a fun pod for sure. Another name that's come up in prospects are as we talked about him before, and it's only been a couple of starts since we last talked about him, but his name's getting thrown around. I've seen it pop up in the Discord a little bit. Kyle Harrison with the Giants. The strikeouts are very, very good. We've talked about that. And in June, June, though, his six walks through 13 innings, not great, but maybe it could be seen as an improvement for him based on where he was prior. How – it's a tough thing because the shiny new toy – we talk about with that meme, right? The fancy prospect, here's me looking at them and like a short thing is kind of over here. What – what do we make of Harrison? Is this something where like the strikeouts are great, but until he harnesses this command, they're not calling him up? Or if, is this a thing when he does get called up just because the strikeout potential is so immense, we have to add him? Like the big thing I'm trying to weigh here is, is the juice worth the squeeze with Harrison knowing that I'm probably going to get three and two thirds of, of every start, three walks, three earned runs and six strikeouts. Like the strikeouts are good. Nothing else is all that great. Like what, what is, what do we make? of Harrison here specifically for 2023. How excited are you about Blake Stell? I don't really like roller coasters. Okay. Well, the stat line you just described from Kyle Harrison (laughs) is Blake Snell, right? I mean, in addition to both of them being lefties. um, I, I thought coming into the year that Kyle Harrison could push for a rotation start rotation spot in spring training and then control issues like he started kind of banged up right and then control issues have cost him it's not that he's not pitching great he's striking guys out he's just not pitching efficiently because even when he strikes them out it's not on three or four pitches it's like a seven pitch at bat it's full counts it's you know then he gives up a hit or a walk now you got to add more pitches to your pitch count so if he could figure out how to pitch efficiently, there's no doubt that the Giants would call him up. They're in second place in the NL West at the moment, so it's not like they're out of the playoff picture. They're in a highly competitive division, and let's not forget the three wild card spots that are available. Um, if he gets called up soon, maybe the juice is worth the squeeze, but I don't think he's getting called up soon. I, I think they need him to show that he can go deep. Because why are you going to call up a guy who's going to use six innings of bullpen every time he starts? Or five yeah. innings of bullpen every time he starts? Why are you going to pencil in like a bullpen day and then try to make it through the rest of the week without touching a bunch of your bullpen? Like it doesn't it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. So, for those of you who are super excited about Blake Snell starts, you can go pick up Kyle Harrison. For those of you who are like, eh, oh wait, that's what I would do is I would just wait right now. So a guy like Harrison, then I like mean, Blake- going forward, if he can yeah. control his stuff, he has frontline starter upside. There's no doubt he could be a number two. Do I think he's an ace? Maybe. Like, the Giants haven't really gone with a traditional ace for a while, right? Like, Mad Bum in his peak is about as close to a traditional ace as they got. And if you look at his stats, it still wasn't, like, incredibly ace-like, right? Um, So, for me, he's got, like, you know, number two starter stuff, if he can figure it out. But, like, if he, if his whip was high because of hits and home runs, I could brush it aside because of it, it's the PCL. Everybody gets hit. It's not a good pitching, um, you know, league. 
But it's not. It's walks. It's self-induced. So that that's a problem he's got to sort out. With, with a guy like Harrison then, like when Blake Snell is on, he's on. And he's yeah. very good. But like another kind of inconsistent, erratic lefty that comes to mind to me is like a, like a Reed Detmers type. Like he yeah. seems the type that's always like five and a third, three walks, six strikeouts, and everything's okay from there. So, so is Harrison kind of like when when he's good, he's good Blake Snell, but when things are off, he's in the 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 more porous version of Snell and the Reed Detmers category. Then is that kind of where you kind of see him falling in? Yeah, you could also toss, and I know Sandoval doesn't necessarily fit, but you could throw Patrick Sandoval into that, like a guy who has the stuff, but it doesn't always click. Um. So we'll see. I mean, Harrison's still relatively young. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, this is his first full year at AAA, and he did start a little bang, you know, a little slower. So we'll see. I'm not saying that the guy's done because he's had one bad half a season at AAA. Um, but control issues are definitely, definitely a problem. And then in this week's prospect report that you did, I was reading through it, and one that was very interesting to me was uh, Colt Keith. So he is a guy that you talked about this week. I'll let you kind of expand upon him a little bit here. But is he any chance for a 2023 call-up, or are we more so looking at 2024 before we see Colt Keith in the bigs? I would say 2024 at this point. To me, there's not really a lot of point for the Tigers to call up, um, who is, in my estimation, one of their top two prospects. Um, you know, he's he's doing well. He's lighting up the ball. You know, he's slashing 322 at this point with 14 homers, 47 RBI, 42 runs, um, and a couple of steals. But that's double A, right? So you'd at least – I know we've seen a rash of people skip triple A, but for the Tigers, I don't think it really makes a lot of sense. Could you see him get to triple A this year? Yes. Finish the year at triple A? Yeah. And then push for a roster spot in spring or early season next year? I think that's the – the timeline for Cole Keith. And if you need an intriguing, you know, middle infielder um, with some nice pop, Cole Keith is a guy who not a lot of people are paying attention to. Yep. So he may be a guy that's available in some, some dynasty formats. And you said he's got a little bit of pop. So two things, if we see him get promoted to triple a by the end of this year, that in theory increases his chances that he could earn a starting spot with the club to break camp with the team next year then, correct? Yeah. I mean, he'll get an invite, I would assume, to spring training, right? I mean, he's going to be on their 40-man roster. He would get an invite, and then it'd be up to him to get, you know, push for the playing time to break camp. Um, but his chances certainly increase if he gets a half a year at AAA before going to spring training next year or lights the ball up in the Arizona Fall League, which we've seen him do before as well. And then at his at his best, so maybe not his rookie year, but at his best at the big league level, what do you see him kind of as? Like, a, is he a 10 to 15 homer guy? Is he a 15 to 20? Where does the average come in? Can we get any speed? What do you kind of see from him at his best? I'm not going to see a lot of speed from him. He's a fairly big dude, and he's got average speed at best right now. So, you know, his value comes from an above average hit tool and plus power. Okay, so above average to me puts him at about a 280 average in the majors, right? And plus power, if you assume that average home runs now is 20 home runs in a season, then a, then plus power is 25 to 30. 
I mean, I know it's double A, but he's got 14 homers and 56 games at Erie right now. So he's got pop. That's a fairly balanced park. It's not an altitude. It's not, you know, it's Erie, Pennsylvania. Uh, <laughs> on Literally on a lake. Um, so, yeah, he's if, – if I want to comp him to a middle infielder, I could see Corey Seager with a little less speed. It's pretty good. I mean, a little lighter. He's like Corey Seager light, right? He's not going to yeah. be like a 30-home run shortstop. Or second baseman, but he'll he'll get you like twenty five and a two eighty average. Yep. So keep an eye those in dynasty leagues. Keep an eye out on Colt Keith redraft formats this year. You don't really have to worry about him, but keep in mind for dynasty next year. Be excited about Gavin Williams. Let's pump the brakes on Kyle Harrison just a little bit for right now until he gets the command issues sorted out here. But Matt, another great Farm Friday with you. So of course, as always, if you want more of the insight into the brain of the salesman at the pop, the prospect guru, really, especially here at fantasy alarm, head over to fantasyalarm.com. Matt's prospect rankings are there. And of course you can get in the discord and get instant access to Matt's brain. All you got to do is a little at F a cells right to him. He'll answer your questions and then you don't have to have me answering your prospect questions. So that is what you will want to do. Felt like, but, a, like a little bit of a job shift plug there for you. Yeah, that I don't. That I don't, I'm not great I don't at Please ask him. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I'm glad to answer it. You'll just you want you want the mind of the of our prospect guru Matt Sell. So of course, if you're not in the Discord, already, get in there, and we will love to talk to you there. But Matt, quick little thing I want to talk about here. I don't know how to word this other than saying, are the Cincinnati Reds potentially one of the scariest teams in baseball? Believe it or not. I mean, right now right. they are. Does right. it hold? I don't know. But, like, how are you going to deal with that offense that they're running out there? I mean, Eli De La Cruz is hitting bombs. Like, mm-hmm. balls go far when he makes contact. Uh, they just got Joey Votto back, who got a standing ovation in his first at bat, right? Um, so he's always dangerous. Whether the power is still there or not, he can always take walks and move it to the next guy. Um Let's not forget they have a guy named Christian Encarnacion Strand who for Who's some never reason coming up. never coming up. Who who for some reason is still on the farm. I don't I don't really understand why. Like what his strikeout rate has dropped. Okay. So he worked on that. He's still hitting baseballs hard. Uh you still need his flexibility in the lineup there to give you another big bat. Well, I, hey, Matt, he's gotta learn how to play outfield. I mean, that's gonna that's gonna buy us a couple more days before they I mean, before they can't call him up. He's got to learn to play outfield. Sure. <laughs> I mean, they did put him in right field, so like, yeah, he's got to learn the position. That's remember Chris Bryant. Defense isn't ready. God, defense isn't ready for him. He's not ready to come up yet. I mean, yeah, but this is just getting like how much more? <laughs> like they're charging through the NL Central, and that's a very winnable division right now. If they make a move and get a pitcher. Somebody was like, somebody, I saw this tweet the other day. They were like, oh, the Reds could look for pitchers. I wonder who's available. Maybe, I don't know, Sonny Gray or Luis Castillo. Luis Castillo. <laughs> <laughs> like, ouch. That, yeah. Um, right now they're scary. Because they're letting teams get out to leads and then they're coming back on them. Like they spotted the the Rockies a three nothing lead in cores and came back. 
Yeah. I mean, when you look at them, I mean, their, their offense, top 10 in Woba and WRC plus during this little win streak they got going. Interesting thing to me when looking at it, their starters have a 4.01 ERA and a whip that's almost 1.5, and they've won 11 in a row, really on the back of a bullpen that's an ERA above three, about 3.16, and they're nine for 11 in save chance. So, like, the and, bullpen's and been very good. Offenses, the offenses that are getting prime hits when they need them. Yeah. So, and then – and then when you look at this team, obviously, if, if Encarnacion Strain ever comes up, which he's not, I'm just, I've given up on that. He's just not coming up. That's just what's going to happen <laughs> at this point. I'm, I'm done. I'm done with this game. I'm just, he's not coming up. He's going to be in the minors the whole year. May never come up. We may never see him in the majors. That's not an exaggeration. That's just how, that's, that's what my heart's telling me, Matt. That's what my heart is telling me that this guy's not coming up and he's just going to sit on my bench in a couple leagues that I have him. But let me, let me ask you this upcoming series. Obviously this win streak is going to come to an end at some point. We started talking about the streak. So obviously they're going to lose. That's just how it works. You know, you don't talk about win streaks. We're doing it right now. So they're going to lose. So let me ask, they got upcoming series with Atlanta, Baltimore, and San Diego going to be a tough little stretch for them. When do you think the first loss comes? What series? Cause I'm going to be pessimistic. So I'm, I'm going to see if you're more of an internal optimist than I am. Yep. It might be tonight. As we're recording this on Friday, it could be tonight. It's pretty hard to get Pat like to sweep the Braves. It's pretty hard to do. I mean, that team is real good everywhere. So yeah, I'm with you. Happened. Whether it's the first game or not, you're not you're not sweeping the Braves. Not happening. Yeah. Braves are at least taking one. I wouldn't be surprised if Braves win the series. I'm also just a sucker for that offense. So you know, that's that's just the me there. Is deep, even with Sean Murphy's hamstring discomfort. Yep. And man, I know, I know we're a baseball podcast, but I got to talk about it over at Fancy Alarm. Our fancy football draft guide is out. You can get access to the NFL draft guide for free when you start a free seven day trial, or you can purchase it for $26.99. Sleepers, bus, rankings galore, bold predictions, positional breakdowns. I'll be talking about many Texans somewhere in this draft guide. So if you, if you're like me and you want Texans content, I'll have a little bit in there for you, of course. So make sure you check that out on the site, but Matt, to wrap up this week's episode real quick here. So someone watching Weekend Streamers and Waiver Wire Preview. We always talk about it here on Friday. Today will be no different. So for me, I'm looking at Mike Talkman to pick up. He's hitting 325 with two homers, 12 runs, eight RBIs over 11 games. His walk rate's over 16%. He's even gotten some at-bats in the leadoff spot and doesn't have a or hasn't shown a real split disadvantage this year hitting lefties and righties well. So if your team is desperate for outfield help, take a look at Chicago's Mike Talkman. So, Matt, who's a who's a waiver wire guy you're looking at? It's actually at a position of need for many people. Yeah. Uh, by the way, the Mike Talkman thing just reminds me that former Yankees are doing better outside of the Yankees than than just look at Aaron Hicks with Baltimore for God's sake. Um. Yeah my my street my guy that I'm picking up. If you're in a solds league or a league in which you get credit for holds, Phil Maton is not really highly owned on fan tracks. He's like 12% owned. And I get it. Holds are not a sexy stat to bank on and whatnot, but he's got four of them right now, which is pretty decent. Uh, his K per nine is 10.22. Who doesn't need help in strikeouts? Okay. And he's not going to kill you in the ratios either with a 1.46 ERA and a 0.83 whip. He's gotten decent amount of run of late, for the uh, for the Astros being a trusted guy for Dusty Baker's bullpen use, always a good thing. Always a good thing. The Astros are 
in a dogfight in the AOS, which I don't think anybody really saw coming. Um, and so they're going to need their studs in their bullpen down the stretch. Maton is one of those. He's not going to cost you very much to get, like, at all. You could basically get him for free. So that's a, that's another bonus to him. And then for the weekend streamer, this is a horrible weekend for streaming options. Matt and I agreed, so we just co-signed the the two main streamers that we're looking at here, and it's not great. But Joey Wentz and Reese Olsen for Detroit going up against Minnesota Friday, as you're probably listening to this, and Saturday. Minnesota strikes out a ton, especially a lot against lefties. I think Wentz is my preferred one to yep. Olsen, just given how bad it is. Wentz did have nine strikeouts his last time out against Minnesota. Olsen's got two good pitches that he can get batters out with, and has six or more strikeouts in two of his three starts. Olsen, 29% owned in fan tracks, and Wentz is just 16% over on fan tracks. So those are our weekend streamers, our waiver wire preview our look at the fantasy baseball landscape heading to the weekend. So, of course, use Alarm 50 for 50% off six months of all access over at FantasyAlarm.com. Gives you access to our award-winning DFS Playbook Pro, access to Discord, exclusive DFS tools. And, of course, if you're in the Discord, you can pick the brain of the prospect guru, Matt Sells, at the salesman on Twitter. So give Matt a follow on Twitter. I'm at Colby R. Conway on Twitter. And we will see you early next week with the newest edition of the Fantasy Alarm fantasy baseball podcast looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this football season test your skills on prize picks the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports just select two or more players pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of statistics and place your entry it's as easy as that If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and an enormous selection of players and stat options are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million football fans who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/get100 and use code GET100. That's code GET100 at prizepicks.com slash get100 for a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy.